Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. And verse 26 says, So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. There's no passing. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. This great gulf of water. Okay. You say, I'm with you. Okay. So Jesus, get in hell. Get out of hell. He's got the keys. Okay, fine. He's got an appointment. Jesus keeps all his appointments, right? Let's get Mark 6. Mark chapter number 6, verse number 45. All right, I am there. I hope you are there. Mark 6, verse 45, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before us unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. But they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately it talked with them and saith unto them, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You think the great gulf was a problem for our Savior, Jesus? It's not. It's not at all. Not only did our God create water, but we see in Mark chapter 6 and other passages of scripture, he can walk on it. (laughs) So you know what he did? He wiped from hell after he was done doing what he needed to do with his preaching. He said, okay, I'm going to walk right across this great gulf of water, just like I did when he was with the disciples. And there he is, and he keeps his appointment. It's not a big deal for Jesus to get in in and out of hell. His soul was not affected by sin. He took it all upon his body. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's only by Jesus Christ we can get to God the Father. And I'm bringing this up because... Well, let's just reiterate, the bars and the gates couldn't stop him. The gates of hell can't prevail against him or his church and our Savior. And a great gulf is going to be a problem if you died and went to hell as an old Old Testament saints dying and going to paradise. You die and go to hell. That great gulf's a problem. You die without Jesus Christ. You go to hell. That's a problem. You ain't getting out. I'm trying to say all this and rehash some of it because to say it isn't a problem for Christ. It's not a problem. He can walk on water. Okay. Just there we go. And he keeps his appointment, meets that malefactor in paradise. Okay. Let's stop. Take a breath here. The only way. An Old Testament saint, the only way 
they could get to heaven. Stay with me. I want you to hear all this out. Before Jesus Christ died on the cross, the only way would have to be a different way other than by faith alone, other than by God's grace saving them. Because the Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, and without shedding of blood is no remission. We can't have a different way of salvation in the Old Testament, though some teach that salvation would be by faith and works in the Old Testament. I don't believe that. I believe it was by faith. We're going to look at Hebrews 11 in a minute. Why don't we turn there now? And let's answer this question. How did the Old Testament saints die? Let's, let's answer that question. All right, let's start verse one. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, watch this. By faith, Abel offered unto God. Verse five, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Verse 6, by faith, it is impossible to please him. But without faith, I'm sorry, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Look at verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Look at verse 9, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Look at verse 11, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. The end of the verse, because she judged him faithful and promised. Verse 12, here's the question I asked. How did the Old Testament saints die? Did they die in the deeds of the law? Did they die in the works of the law? Did they die in the keeping of the law? These all died in faith. They died in faith. What did they have faith in? What God had revealed to them during their walk on earth when they were alive. All of the truth of the Bible was not revealed to these Old Testament saints. They didn't have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, but Jesus is his name of humanity. The word became, but it didn't become flesh when they were alive. <laughs> they trusted God in what God had revealed to them. And God saved them by his grace through their faith in what God had revealed to them. But they couldn't go to heaven. Stay with me. You went to paradise. Stay with me. It says, verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims upon the earth. Now let's go all the way down 
to verse number 39. And let's get 2 Corinthians as well. All right, we got 2 Corinthians 5. Let's read Hebrews 11. Stay with me. Hebrews 11, look at verse 39. And these all, who's the all specifically talked about? All these by faith saints, right? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. We keep going. The whole chapter of Hebrews 11. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, where are we at? Harlot Rahab. The, the, the whole thing. Faith, 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 faith. Verse 39. These all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise. So there's a promise that wasn't received. Verse 40. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number seven. How do we walk? Verse seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse eight. For we are com we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We die. Pretty self-explanatory. Where do we go? To be with the Lord. We're absent from the body, present with the Lord. What I wanted you to see out of the end of Hebrews 11 was. It says they received not the promise. There's a promise not received. Verse 40, there's some better thing for us. We walk by faith, not by sight. Absolute body, present with the Lord when we die. But Hebrews chapter 10. We'll wrap all this up, but let's let's get our second little break. But don't mind. We'll get in Hebrews 10. Verse 8. Above what he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings. And offering for sin, now what it's not. Neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first and may establish the second. Now watch this. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. And it doesn't matter if it was Old Testament Israel making sacrifices. They couldn't take away sin. They got a physical blessing when they obeyed God. And it doesn't matter if it's a Roman Catholic outfit with a sacrifice at a mass offered up to millions of people throughout the world. It can't and never will take away sin. It just will not. And if these guys in this works-based salvation would just get a hold of Romans 10, the Bible can clear them up pretty easy. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. 
We are perfected by the offering of the body of Jesus. You see that in verse 10? By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In verse 14, it was one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. But before Jesus Christ died on the cross, the one offering wasn't made. They're forgiven. Iniquities are forgiven. But entrance into heaven, no. Where did they go? Paradise. Now I know we've got two exceptions to the rule. Elijah, second king says, Elijah went up the world, went into heaven. And Enoch, 11.5, used to translate it, you should not see death. But also at the end of Hebrews 11 and 39 says, and these all, I believe these are two exceptions to the rule. And let, 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 let's just go back to Exodus 34. This will be the last passage, and we'll tie it together and see if we can wrap up these thoughts. Exodus chapter 34. Jesus Christ had an appointment to keep with that thief in paradise. He said, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise, right? He gets there in less than, he had less than three hours to do it to keep his promise. But also, all those Old Testament saints in the care of Abraham's bosom, God is going to set captivity captive and he's going to move paradise because the sacrifice has been made. The one-time offering has been made. The blood has been shed. The body bore our iniquity on the tree. And guess what? That whole outfit's going to get moved. Where? Heaven. Because now they can come to God, Father, in heaven. Look at Exodus 34. See if this helps you. See if this helps you. Now, I know people see it a different way, the whole paradise thing. And that's why we do this on Thursday night. And we're, <laughs> we're all trying to nosedive in the Bible and figure it all out. And why we don't do it on a Sunday morning when we have a first-time visitor. Because they'll be like, huh? <laughs> any, any, anyway, Exodus 34. Watch this. And the Lord said unto Moses... Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cue thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. Which, by the way, there, there goes the original. God's doing a redo here. We, we, we don't need the originals. God is perfectly capable of preserving his word. Yeah. So he does a redo here on the tables of stone. And verse 2, be ready in the morning. And come up in the morning of the Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. No male sh and no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before the mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose early in the morning and went up on the Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded them and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 6, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Now watch verse 7. What does God do in verse 7? Watch what he does. Keeping mercy for thousands, 
forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. God can do that. He forgave them. Iniquity is forgiven. Sin is forgiven. Transgression is forgiven. God saves by his grace by those to put their faith in him and what he has revealed to them. Right. But watch what he doesn't do in verse seven. And that will by no means clear the guilty. You know what God's not doing? Clearing their record. <laughs> he forgives, but he couldn't clear their record. Because that one man didn't do what he said he was going to do yet. But guess what he just did as far as the context of what we're going through tonight. He made the one-time offering on the cross, said it was finished. We need, 1 Peter 1 says, 1.18, basically, we need the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All the, these modern songs and modern hymns that are rewritten, they want to take the blood out. We need the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the precious blood. John 14.6, we said this in the beginning. I'll say this as we close. He says, I am the way. There is no other way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He hasn't shed his blood yet. You can't get access to the Father yet. He forgives. But he can't clear your account. He can't clear the guilty. They went to paradise in Abraham's bosom. Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, And without shedding of blood, is no remission. Why did they go to paradise, these Old Testament saints, and not to heaven? The blood has been shed. There was no remission. Exodus 34. Yes, he forgives, certainly. But he couldn't clear the guilty. Jesus comes. It's time. Gates of hell can't prevail against me. I got keys. I'm going through. I can walk on water. Great gulf doesn't bother me. Paradise. He keeps his appointment with the thief. He moves paradise. And you know what? Now they have access to the father. It's all been done. Uh, we got one more lesson in this series. Make sure you come back Thursday night where you can get the recording online if you can't make it. And it's the most important one. Do we all believe in the gospel? Do we all believe in preaching the gospel to the lost and dying world? Yeah. Then this next lesson is the most important lesson. Did Jesus say it was finished in John 19? Did he die on the cross? Okay, great. Can we earn our way to salvation by anything we can add to God? No. We get that, right? We're sinners. We're lost. We need Christ. He paid it all. He lived a perfect life. Everybody, we're all on the same page, right? He died on the cross. He shed his blood. Without that blood, there's no remission. We're on it, right? Okay, let's go out and preach the gospel. Except we didn't. Because that's not the gospel. Because I didn't mention the resurrection. That's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. There's no good news. There's no gospel news without a resurrection. 
And this is so important. Next, next Thursday's message is, is the most important one out of all of this. Because this Thursday night stuff with paradise and being moved. Okay, fine. Somebody sees it a different way. It's, it, okay. The next lesson on the resurrection. Everybody's got to agree with that. <laughs> Because we preach against sin. We tell people you need Christ. Shed blood. We tell them he died on the cross for them. But if we leave out the resurrection, we've left out the most important aspect of the gospel. And it's the one thing that separates our true biblical Christianity. Besides those that say you got to earn your way to salvation. That's one. All the other false gods died and can't come back. Buddha, Muhammad, Joe Smith, Harry Krishna, the tree god. All of them, they die, and they're going to stay dead. They're not coming back. Our Savior and our true, true biblical Christianity has a resurrected Savior who is alive forevermore, and He is willing to save whosoever will. And we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy this resurrection. Next Thursday night. All right, let's bounce. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.